0: We interrupt your special announcement to bring you this regularly scheduled programming. Hello QAO, my name is Dr. so I am here to help you say whatever is in your mind freely. Our conversation will be kept in strict confidence. Memory contents will be wiped off after you leave. So, tell me about your problems.
1: <sighs> well... Ain't no time for that. It's time for Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax Uh, in uh, quite snowy Halifax actually today. It's uh, big uh, fluffy flakes falling at uh, the time that I came into the studio and who is to say what is going to happen Over the course of the week. Well, we'll find that out in about half an hour's time, but for now, it's no time to worry about the weather. It's just time to sit back and relax. It is the weekend, ladies and gentlemen. The weekend. That weekend. The the, the one that's happening now. And in the spirit of this weekend, let us take a look at what's going on. At Low Bias Gaming. And uh, Jason has been quite busy, actually, with uh, two, four, six, and eight videos of Little King Stories. So there's a lot of catching up to do. There might take a while to catch up, but it's a nice uh, jaunt through the world of Alpoco. Um, as well, Jason gives us two new episodes of Final Fantasy VII, a new Let's Play uh, Kid Dracula. Uh, is up on the site and there are currently six episodes there that's for a low bias monthly for December which is a spin-off games which I believe was um decided by our buddy Scarlet speaking of which he has a new let's play as well alien soldier four new episodes there as well as uh, some new episodes of his current series Uh, God of War Ghosts of Sparta, three episodes there. Blood, six episodes there. Uh, Darkest Dungeon, three episodes. And Final Fantasy XII, three episodes there. New poll of the week, uh, this time written by yours truly. Best kind of golf? Uh, 2D top-down, 3D third-person? Other. Get the clubs, we're going real golfing. Or clubs are for dancing. Um, So yeah, make your voice heard over at lowbiasgaming.net. We have a new episode of Mystery Science Theater up there, Um, Radar Secret Service, I believe it is, yes, as well as a uh, new um, soundtrack, that word always trips me up, soundtrack, for Mylan's Secret Castle, specifically the uh, Game Boy one, so lots of new stuff going on over at low bias gaming but for now let us get to some music and to the rest of the show you're listening to square wave symphony on ckdu 88.1 fm halifax Listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. That song was by Danny Elfman and is the title theme for today's game from the archives. Join three of your friends as you chase down Smithers and Mr. Burns on the epic quest to save Maggie. Battle your way through eight classic Springfield locations in this hilarious blast from the past. And this is The Simpsons Arcade Game, which is a beat-em-up game, of course an arcade cabinet, uh, developed and published by Konami and released in 1991, and it's, I believe this came out um, around the same time as the first season of The Simpsons, which kind of exploded in an unexpected way and led to a lot of merchandise and this arcade game a few video games that weren't really that great but still have a special place in some people's hearts and that includes mine and that includes ragnats who provided this for our low bias monthly for uh, november of 2016 games based on 80s and 90s cartoons it is a single episode so you have no reason not to check it out This was uh, Rolling Girl, which is a cover of a Hatsune Miku uh, song. And that was by Flint. And you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. And welcome back to Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. Your home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geeky. You know how it goes by now. Uh, And, of course, speaking of weird, it is time for the News of the Weird. Yes. Um, As previously mentioned, I am looking for something similar to News of the Weird, but not News of the Weird itself in that same Digest format, though. If you are aware of anything um, of the kind... Uh, let me know uh, on Twitter at Squaresim, S-Y-M. News of Weird is nice, but it's nice to also have a variety of different uh, sources on stories like this. Also, I do not read these stories ahead of time, and some of these might not jive well with all audiences. This segment is usually about 12 to 14 minutes long or so, so take that as you will. Our lead story seems like an honest mistake. Hmm. John Stevenson of Inverclyde, Scotland, hit a bump in his plans to vacation in the United States on December 3rd when his visa was denied after he declared himself a terrorist while fil- uh, filing out, filling out a Department of Homeland Security online forum commonly known as ESTA. One of the questions on the forum asks, are you a terrorist? <laughs> That's a direct way of asking, I guess. And everyone's gonna say no, unless, well, unless this guy, uh, Stevenson 70, told The Independent that the website must have jumped from no to yes without me knowing. Uh, adding that the site kept timing out and crashing as as he and his wife Marion tried to answer the questions. I even called the border control in the U.S. and gave them my passport details. He said, they looked my they looked up my ESTA number and said. You're a terrorist. Hmm. The only time I've been in court was for jury service. Marion is sick about it. I don't know why that question is on the form in the first place. Uh, as an update, United Airlines refunded the Stevens's airline tickets and gifted them two free flights to New York once their visa troubles are all worked out. Oh, well, that was nice of them. I mean... Are you a terrorist? No, of course I'm not. Shifty eyes. Our next story, Armed and Clumsy. A shopper at Buckeye, Arizona, Walmart, was in the meat department on November 27th when his semi-automatic handgun, which he had positioned for a quick draw, in the waistband of his sweatpants, began to slip. I see where this is going. As he tried to reposition it, he told Buckeye Police it discharged, striking the gunslinger in his privacies. That's exactly how it's written. Uh, AZ Central reported that the unnamed shopper was taken to the hospital with minor injuries and no one else was hurt. However, police did file a charge of unlawful discharge of a firearm. Really? Even if he accidentally shot himself in the pants... I don't know, if you're gonna flaunt about this whole right to bear arms thing, try to be a little more accepting of what consequences that may have, but any further discussion is political discourse. So let's move on to some least competent criminals, shall we? There are two of them. First of all, a successful heist at an electronics retail store requires careful planning and attention to detail a fact that appears to have escaped three men in North Raleigh, North Carolina on November 12th. That night, the news and observer reported uh, an employee of the store called 911 to report that three men had entered the store with semi-automatic weapons, a lot of those going around lately, and ordered workers in the stockroom. One of them was carrying a cardboard box, officers learned, which he used to load up mobile phones and smartwatches. The men also filled two crates with merchandise which totaled more than $26,000. When the robbers left through the back door, they took the crates with them but forgot the cardboard box which serendipitously sported a shipping label with an address on it. Police used the address along with a mugshot from a previous crime that matched an image in the store surveillance video to track down Brian Lamont Clark, 22, and arrest him for robbery with a dangerous weapon and conspiracy to commit robbery. To me, it seems silly. It's like, he conspired to commit robbery and he also committed robbery. That seems redundant to charge him for both things, but... These are least competent criminals, after all. Maybe they do need to be put in a cardboard box somewhere. And our second one, the Lucardo escape rooms in Manchester, England, were the site of a misguided break-in on November 29th, I think we covered something like this before. Don't break into escape rooms. That seems like common sense. Anyway, when two thieves ransacked a fake bank vault as if it were the real thing. The Manchester Evening News reported that more than 50 surveillance cameras captured the duo's antics as they broke into fake safes and opened drawers that held only puzzles. They must be the Manchester's stupidest burglars," said Lucardo director Ian Ponell, 26. The business lost about 100 pounds in cash, but damage amounted to about a thousand pounds. Not to mention lost revenue while the business cleans up. We're a small family-owned business, so even a couple of thousand pounds will have an effect on us, particularly before Christmas," Parnall said. Oh boy. Maybe before you go rob a bank, make sure that the bank you're robbing is a bank and not an escape room. <laughs> oh, boys. People, man. I have a better idea. Let's not rob banks. Our next story, the next two stories, actually. Excuse me. Wow. Um, at the Grand Slam of Darts in, oh boy, in Wolverhampton, England... Let's go with that. There was more in the air than than just the sharp projectiles tossed by competitors on November 16th. According to Reuters, former two-time champion Gary Anderson, 47, from Scotland, prevailed uh, prevailed over Wesley Harms, 34, from the Netherlands to reach the quarterfinals, but Harms had a gripe. He said he was affected by the, quote, fragrant smell Anderson had emitted as they played. It'll take me two nights to lose this smell from my nose," Harms told a Dutch television station. Anderson objected, sm- uh, saying the smell came uh, quote from the table side, laying the blame on spectators. If the boy thinks I farted, he's a thousand and ten percent wrong," Anderson declared. "If somebody has, if somebody has done that, they, uh that they need to see a doctor. If somebody has done that, they need to see a doctor," he said. "It was me." But I would, I would admit it. I don't know. I There's nothing else in the story that said it was farts. It was just a fragrant smell. Could have been perfume or cologne. You're the one saying farts, buddy. I don't know. Maybe that's not the complete story. Maybe I would have to consult with Reuters, but I don't have time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. Our next story in Excuse Me... Shanetta Yvette Wilson, 37, was standing in line at a Dollar General store in Denia Beach, Florida on uh, November 25th when the urge struck and she let one rip. John Walker, who was standing nearby, was offended and complained about, quote, the defendant farting loudly. Defendant? What? Really? According to the resulting Broward Sheriff's Office complaint. So Wilson pulled out a small folding knife. Oh, I, I see now opened it and threatened to gut Walker as she moved toward him. The Miami Herald reported that police called her to the scene, uh, called to the scene tracked Dan Wilson and charged her with aggravated assault with a deadly weapon without intent to kill. I don't know if you're going to gut someone that seems like intent to kill, but it's a fart. It's a bodily function. Sometimes it happens. That doesn't mean it should happen particularly loudly, but, you know, at least not in public. Government in action. Yoshitaka Sakurada, 68, a 22-year member of Japan's parliament, was named by by Prime Minister Shinzo Abe in October to two new posts, cybersecurity and Olympics Minister for the country. But according to Reuters, at a committee meeting on November 14th, when a member of the opposition asked Sakurada a gotcha question about his computer literacy, he admitted, I've never used the computer. I've always directed my staff and secretaries to do that kind of thing. He assured the lawmaker there would be no problems. Mm Mm-hmm. I've seen this story before. I mean, there's out of touch, and then there's appointing someone who has never used a computer in his life in charge of cybersecurity for the entire country. Oh boy. I, anyway, do what you gotta do. But sometimes, don't be surprised if some people are gonna question it. So, here is an update on, uh, I assume, a previous story. I haven't read it, so I don't know. In the Hague, Netherlands, Motivational Speaker Emile Rattleband, 69, will not turn 50 on his next birthday, as he had hoped. No, he'll turn 70, because, oh, is this, okay, yeah, this is from, like, a couple of weeks ago, Uh, but the, associate, let's see, where was I? As reported earlier, Rattleband petitioned the court in November for an age change saying he feels discriminated against both uh, in the career realm and on Tinder. But the Associated Press reported that on December 3rd, a Dutch court rejected his plea to become 49, saying he did not convince judges that he had been discriminated against and that quote, Mr. Rattleband is at liberty to feel 20 years younger than his real age and to act accordingly, but noting that changing his age would nullify any number of records from public registers. Rattleband hopes to appeal. I'm sure he hopes that. I doubt it's going to happen. Our next story: Scrooged, an unnamed substitute teacher in Montville, New Jersey, seems like they should have checked their records before hiring someone unnamed. Won't be returning to Cedar Hill School after revealing a sacred secret to first-grade students there on November 29th. He doesn't have a name. No. Uh, su- Superintendent <laughs> Superintendent Renee Rotvar told NJ.com that, sub, uh, that the sub got into a debate with a student about whether Santa is real. That's when the six-year-old started quizzing her about the Easter Bunny, Tooth Fairy, and Elf on a Shelf, and the teacher, quote, proceeded to debunk all of it, Rotvar said. Parents reported that... Uh, parents reported doing, quote, damage control after the kids return home from school and the sub is no longer welcome in the district. Yes, I'm I'm never really quite sure what to do about this whole Santa Claus thing, but if you're dealing with a child who believes Santa Claus exists, let them believe. They need to believe that there is magic in the world. Even if they're going to grow up and find out that there isn't as much magic as there that there is, they need to grow up and believe that the unexpected can happen, right? Right. Our next story, but cheesecake. Things got a little hectic in Clarendon, Virginia, on December fifth, when it, an unexpectedly large number of delivery drivers convened at the cheesecake factory. In response to a 40th anniversary promotion offering free cheesecake slices, the sweet treats were available only to those who ordered on DoorDash, ARLnow.com reported, and a crowd of delivery drivers double parked outside and jostled for position inside the restaurant as they picked up orders. Arlington County police and medics responded to reports of fights and disorderly conduct, resulting in one arrest but no apparent injuries. It's cheesecake, people. Simmer down. It's something that you can buy in a store. Or perhaps at the Cheesecake Factory. They do that all year round, you know. Not just on December 5th. Just saying. Our last story for today, LOL. lol lol. The animal rights group PETA launched a new campaign December 4th designed to remove some common animal related idioms from the English language. Oh boy. CBS News reports that the group tweeted suggested alterations to phrases it says are verbal vestiges of speciesism and perpetuate harmful messages. PETA offered these alternatives. For bring home the bacon, try bring home the bagels. Take the bull by the horns should be take the flower by the thorns. And two birds with one stone morphs into feed two birds with one scone. PETA likened the the use of the original phrases to racist and homophobic languages. Language, rather. Phrases that trivialize cruelty to animals will vanish as more people begin to appreciate animals for who they are. Reaction on social media was swift. Maybe Peta should have let sleeping bags lie. Hmm. Well, that was the news. That was the news indeed. And it is time now for the weather. And uh, I hate to say it. Um, well, personal opinion. I hate to say it. All the temperatures for the next week, as reported today, will be zero or lower. Yep. Yeah. That's the time of year, I suppose. Uh, it is currently a light snow and zero degrees with a wind chill of minus five. 60% chance of flurries and a low of minus six tonight. Um, about two centimeters of snow wind south 20, uh, 20 kilometers an hour becoming northwest. 20 gusting to 40 this evening with a possible wind chill of minus 13. So bundle up if you're going out tonight. Saturday, Saturday, the, Saturday, December 8th, 30% chance of flurries and a high of minus 6 going down to a low of minus 10 and partly cloudy at night. Sunday, December 9th, a mix of sun and cloud and a high of minus 5 going down to a low of minus 6 and clearer skies at night. Monday, December 10th, a 30% chance of flurries and a high of minus 3 going down to a low of minus 8 and cloudy periods at night. Tuesday, December 11th, a mix of sun and cloud and a high of minus 4 going down to a low of minus 8 and cloudy periods at night. And about the same on Wednesday, December 12th, a mix of sun and cloud and a high of minus 2 going down to a low of minus 5 and cloudy periods at night. And Thursday, December uh, 15th, 13th, uh, a mix of sun and cloud and a high of 0 degrees. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony. On CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax, let's get some music. That was Quentin Choisy uh, with uh, uh, Field of Hopes and Dreams, which is a a chiptune mix of a song from Deltarune. The album name is Alpha Blast, and you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU, 88.1 FM, Halifax. And welcome back to Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. I'm Coolie, if you don't know. This is your home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geeky. And speaking of video games, uh, today I want to talk about a game. Uh, two games, in fact. And they're pretty much worlds apart as far as content, even though they actually happen on the same world. The same world we're all happening on, in fact. Well, maybe that's a little presumptive, but I'm going to stick with it anyway. So the first game today is Golf Story. This is a 2D top-down open-world golf RPG. That's kind of a concept right there. Uh, Developed and published by Sidebar Games and released for the Switch on September 28th, 2017. In this game, we follow the journey of an aspirant golfer who decides to pack up and go on a journey across the country to rekindle his love of the game, and with any luck, make it to the pro circuit. Let's start with the presentation. The game uses a pixel graphics style, which isn't to say it looks retro at all, especially especially when you consider the trees waving in the wind, the ball path when the player is about to take a shot, the UI elements, and so on. There's a lot to list there. It's also worth pointing out the wide variety of different looks for each of the game's eight courses, all looking completely distinct from each other. In some cases, the difference is a little more subtle, such as comparing Willow Warren Grove's standard golfish look with Tidy Park's slightly more washed-out old-timey colors, but there are also courses on the beach, in the snow, and even on haunted grounds. The music is about as varied as the courses themselves, and it's easy to listen to, and it tends to take on sort of a synth orchestral tone for the most part, sort of what, like you'd expect to hear in a golf broadcast. The sounds are, well, golf, and not much to say about it. Um, and now the gameplay. At its core, it plays like a golf game. Choose a club, pick a direction, add some English and spin, press to start, again for power, and again for snap. Golf! Woo! (laughs) Yes. However, the main draw of this game is that it's sort of an open world. There is a linear progression to it mind you, but unlike any other golf game the player is free to drop a ball and swing from almost any outdoor location in the game. In fact there are a bunch of secret bonuses and power-ups which can be found by doing so and many of them will also increase the character's XP. And that's another thing by the way. This is the second golf game I can think of which features experience levels, the first one being Mario the Mario golf game for the uh, GBA. Once the character levels up, the player can pick from five stats to boost: power for distance, purity for accuracy, strike to help reach the maximum power distance, ability to help English and forward uh, or back spin, and spin to increase the effect of forward and back spin. Uh, the power stat can be reduced anytime, but none of the others, and it is important to note that the power stat affects all of the others, decreasing them as it goes up, and vice versa. Um, by which I mean, if it goes down, the other stats increase. Just to make sure we're on the same page here. Uh, thus, one player could try to go for maximum power and to peck with anything else. Oh no, I said peck. I'm sure we're fine, Uh, while another could go for extreme maneuverability. Personally, I went with trying to keep power up as high as I could while keeping all the other stats at a neutral level. Now, overall, I would call Golf Story the best top-down 2D golf game out there, and I would say is even a good rival to its 3D counterparts. Given there's several differences between 2D and 3D that uh, one could consider, while comparing it to Golf Story, but that's a topic for another time, and probably not this show. There is a surprising amount of stuff to do, and I feel like it met my expectation of at least $1 per dollar spent, uh, one hour per dollar spent, it was about $25 after tax, I believe, Uh, while keeping me interested in doing so. If you've seen this game and have been tempted to get it, well, if you can, get it won't be disappointed in case you might be wondering uh the first time that i saw this game was on uh the low bias not low bias low bias gaming is cool and all but uh, loading ready run is who i was talking about uh during their little games of chance rubric where they kind of pull the audience for a popular game and go with that uh they played golf story one day and i was like this looks really cool. So I got it and it was really cool. Anyway, the other game that I want to talk about today and the game that kind of prevented me from doing a proper review last week is Destiny 2. This is a first-person shooter developed by Bungie, produced by Activision and released for the PS4 and Xbox One on September 6, 2017, with a PC release about a month and a half, uh, about a year and a half later, rather, uh, set about a year after the final expansion to his predecessor, The Guardian, the player's character is set against the invading Red Legion once again, who has been attacking the last city. The Guardian joins with the Vanguard to take on the Red Legion's command ship and dispose of its commander, Dominus Gall. However, before they can do so, a machine is attached to the body known as the Traveler, which is a huge ball of energy from which Guardians draw the light, which which grants them power. All, All Guardians instantly lose their abilities, and the player's Guardian is thrown off Gaul's ship. Literally. It's now up to them to find an alternative, take on the Red Legion again, as well as the other various invading forces and put an end to Gaul's plans before he manages to extract the light and use it for himself. Now as full disclosure I got this game for free as part of a general giveaway by Blizzard Activision and playing the the base game without the Forsaken content patch and haven't tried all the features yet, mainly the strikes I haven't been into. Though I am nearly done with the main storyline as well as the advi- additional adventures of the game's original content, first, as usual, the presentation. The areas are quite well detailed, with much variety in the graphics based on where you are, as well as whether the player is dealing with mm, with uh, excuse me uh, with Legion, Fallen, Vex, or what have you. Uh, the enemies are all distinct as well, making it easier making making it easy to tell whether, say, it's a legionary who will go down with a headshot or two, or a gladiator that might take a little more doing, or whatever else you might be fighting. The music does a good job of conveying the mood and tension of a given scene without uh, with while not being outright intrusive. The sound is also fairly strong. Weapons sound like what you think they'd sound like. Um, maybe the swords sound a little too. Slicey, but frankly, I like it that way. Now, for the game itself, the game follows the trope of giving the player a fully powered character to start with, then taking away all of that power shortly after. In fact, once the light is blotted out, uh, once the light is blotted out and the player is thrown off the ship, they can barely walk. Probably for a little bit too long. Not really a fan of the opening scenes from the loss of light to actually getting power back. Honestly, it uh, probably could have been done in a shorter amount of time. However, this isn't the sort of game where you need to concede to, oh, this game gets good after about 30 hours. No, I I would say that this game gets good after about an hour or two. I'm not really much of an FPS fan and tend to be very picky about playing them, however, something about destiny 2 is keeping me interested i figured this might be the case after having watched my stepbrother play the uh, first game some time ago on the ps4 however i don't know that i would have been too quick about buying it uh simply because of my general distaste for the genre i feel like what this particular game does for me is uh not Sorry, I feel like what does it for me about this particular game is not only the variety of weapons, but also the gear system. I know some people might think uh, think of this as kind of a cheap gimmick, just kind of defeating your enemies, getting new gear, upgrades, upgrades, upgrades all the time until you get to some arbitrary cap at some point. But... um Personally, I find it satisfying to get new gear and see my power level go up. Uh, as as far as uh, playing the game, I like to use a scout rifle, sniper rifle, and sword. Such a combination can be a little daunting to use, especially in more intense frays, but the more spray-and-pray options like your, your auto rifles and uh, even the pulse rifles to some extent... Along with the heavy weapons with enormous reload times, just don't feel good for me. Do it fast, do it right. Also, welcome to Guderia, I like swords. Shing. Uh, yes. There isn't a huge amount of variety as far as adventures and missions, but what's there is good. People don't really tend to play FPS games for their intricate intricate. That's the word, intricate quest lines and things like fetch quests or things like that. Uh, there also isn't a huge number of, of adventures available, but that's okay. I feel like the best part of questing, though, is the fact that I don't have to go to uh, find an NPC in town to give me a quest and have to go back and forth between the quest giver and the quest location to get rewards and more quests and yada yada so on most adventurous missions show up somewhere on the map near where it begins and the reward is granted as soon as it ends, even if it's neck deep in enemy territory. And after that, it's just simply the matter of fast traveling out of there. So, not much to complain about there. In any case, I've been enjoying my time in Destiny 2 despite my interpretation in the genre and I feel like I would not have been disappointed if I had bought it rather than got it for free. I'm pretty sure that I'll be picking up the Forsaken expansion. However, with the holiday season all upon us, I might wait to see if this game goes on sale first. So those are my two reviews for today. I hope you enjoyed this look at games, which though they both happen on our home planet of Earth, at least games which start there, in the case of Destiny 2, the only common point is that they have small airborne projectiles traveling at high velocities to reach their marks. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. by L0 and you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax that song was caduceus by star driver versus commissar from commissar's album subconscious and that takes us to the end of our hour yes it is that time again but there will be time for more episodes and that time will be next week at uh, friday at five as it usually is or sundays at five if you're listening to the podcast version if you're listening to the podcast version why not Um, try out the Alive alternative. It's up to you. I'm giving you the option. It's all there on the table for your perusal. And here's something else for your consideration. Square Wave Symphony is based on the format of the Electric Leftovers podcast by Jason Parton of Low Bias Gaming, lowbiasgaming.net. News of the Weird is written by the editors at Andrews McNeil Syndication, newsoftheweird.com. Segment music composed by Format, Madame Namiki, Noriyaki Gamikura, Simon Whittington, Niflist, and Ensnare. Stay tuned for the Astrology Show coming up next on CKDU, followed by The Witching Hour at 7pm in the Vinyl Factory at 830 Comments, questions, want your chiptunes featured on the show? Email me at Squaresim at lowbiasgaming.net or get in touch on Twitter at Squaresim, S Y M. You can also call the CKDU feedback line at 902 494 8041. There's also a podcast version of this show. It's available on lowbiasgaming.net slash sim, or just search for Square Wave Symphony. Square Wave is one word. On Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or TuneIn Radio, of course, anywhere that you uh, get your podcasts. This has been Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. I'm Coolio, if you don't know. And I'll see you guys next time.